Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I love all my episodes, and you all know how much I'm always excited about my guests because I get to pick them. But this one, I am like almost jumping out of my seat because I have an amazing panel today. And I'm going to quickly introduce them, and then I'm going to explain what we're here for, because this is going to be very fun. So joining us today is Chris Kozad. She is the owner and operator of Alternative Car Care in Ohio. Chris runs a wonderful staff and has all-female mechanics. And I'll tell you what, they are booked up. They are weeks behind out for people wanting to make appointments Chris is the go-to person in the community for the news, for anything else of what's going on there. Also joining us today is Denise Stanley, owner and operator of Quality Automotive Repair in New Jersey. She runs an amazing organization as well and has made so many changes since she took the helm. It's been so exciting and amazing to see. Gilda Dykeman, she owns and operates Cars Automotive Muffler in California. They do an incredible business. They have a beautiful facility. They do amazing things for the community. When you talk about people that give back to the community, all of the people on here. And of course, we need to mention Mr. Who I like to call Frankie Cool, who is the rock star of the automotive <laughs> industry, Mr. <laughs> Frank Lloyds. And He's the founder of Desert Car Care, and he also is the host for Wrench Nation and, again, gives back to the community and all of that. So why are we here? I'm going to hurry up and finish this so we can shut up and get to the good stuff. I asked this panel to join me because, quite frankly, most of us are tired of getting asked the most ridiculous questions and being treated very differently for I don't understand the reason, and none of us understand the reason because we're all very skilled in what we do, and there isn't any reason for it. And so I want to make sure before anybody's like, oh, here goes Kim being woke or the she-wolves that run with packs or whatever other things that people say, is this is about showing the ridiculousness. <laughs> isn't there a show that somebody does ridiculousness, Rob Deerdeck? Of some of the questions that we get asked, we just, we want to, we're business people. We run very successful businesses and just want to be treated like that. That's all. That's all. What do you think about that, Frank? Yeah. You know, I mean, in life, 
we got to get along, but it's a little more deeper than that. I think we're struggling on many fronts because we only know what we know. And, we'll, I, and I gather we're going to dive in deeper to that. But absolutely, at the end, I always said, you know, to shop owners and technicians across the country, stop chasing the wrong thing and design your life. And that's inclusion for all. And we'll get to that point. We will for sure. And thank you. And one of the reasons why I asked Frank to to join us is because I know he has a wonderful sense of humor and he really does care about changing the industry. And he's probably the only technician I know that has fixed a car in heels. So I just want to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to throw that out there. You're what, six foot something. So Chris is like, he, what, why would, that's not safe. Why would you do that? So there, there's a story behind that, but Listen, again, we're not here to to be victims or anything else, but we just we're tired of being asked like, oh, will you be on this panel of women shop owners or women business people? And we want to ask you what it's like. So I'm going to I'm going to kick off with the first question, Frank, and it, it is probably going to sound pretty obvious, but this is what we get a lot. And then I'll, we'll all take turns. But Frank. What has it been like to be a man in the automotive industry and what disadvantages do you think that has brought to you? (laughs) Well, I will take that question seriously. (laughs) Uh, I don't consider any of that. and, And I'm not trying to come across as unicorn. I'm an individual that will only grow if I can inspire anyone around me. So, you know, I don't classify myself as a man first and foremost in the industry, period. Now, statistically, the way I look, the way I feel sometimes, <laughs> I am a man, absolutely. But I think, I think in general, most that you would pose this question to that truly get it, understand that the journey is not about man or woman, it's about designing a life. And, and why not take as many people with you on that front? So that's my, that's my answer. Love it. Love it. Chris, this has been a topic that is, I know you're very passionate about for a very long time. <laughs> you want to throw out a question for Frank of one of the ones that you get asked that's ridiculous or you just want to make some, some statements? Oh, I could go either way, Kim, but I'll, I got a question for you, Frank. Why would you want to take a job that belongs to a woman who has to support her family? This is great. I mean, it's a great question. In fact, traditionally, uh, and many still seem to have that mindset that we're a better society, uh, that women remained as nurturers. Uh, Some would attribute this point. There's been plenty of studies from uh, Harvard Business Review studies to you name it, in the fact that our society is being broken up. Because the traditional man and woman role is gone. I'm not an advocate. I don't buy it. I think it's a cheap sale. Again, I revert back to designing your own business, your life. I don't care if you basket weave for a living. So I hope that answers that, Chris. I got a lot of respect for what you do. I have followed you for years. You don't know it. And I think the bigger thing is how well can we role model 
the right way for those coming up in the future. I'll give you an example. I had Kate Breslin. She's a Toyota ASE master technician over at Apex, who was part of our series. I interviewed her, and she had nothing but no's, but she continued on her journey. And to make things really neat, she was able to influence everything from the design of the women's bathroom to sort of how that culture grows. So those that get it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And uh, as we go, we'll get deeper because there are some shocking studies about how difficult it really can be. There are. And just so everybody knows, these are for real questions. We, we're not we're not making up questions. <laughs> we're not, I wish we were. Denise, what's So it? I'm counting. Hang on a minute. <laughs> I just got two prizes, correct? Mm, two Maybe? so far. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I was told if I come on this show, I get a grand prize. Where were you? Might be that we don't have to bury you out since some of us are, (laughs) some of us are, you know, familiar with New Jersey and New York. So it might be going together. Hey, I don't want to know nothing about any Holland tunnel. All right. (laughs) How about you, Denise? What's a question you'd like to ask Frank that you get asked a lot? Well, <laughs> one one question in particular that really had had my head spinning was when a um, when a customer asked me if I actually knew what I was talking about or am I making things. So up. ask Frank that. See how it sounds. Yes. Let it roll off so, your tongue. So, Fr- Frank, do you actually know what you're talking about or are you making things up? Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, um, I've had women on my service counter for many, many years. And, and, it, and, and it's not just, I got to say this, it's not because I was looking for a woman first. I was looking for qualified candidates that can provide a service experience that my community can relate to, period, how I'm designing my business. So that question is often asked, and it's one of the things that I have over the years trained with my ladies. Now, most of my ladies can handle their own. The only exception is where we have to be cautious And that's when, if I have an engineer type, that same question can come across to a guy that's not an engineer. It's just how they're built mentally and where they come from. They're going to ask, you know, to talk to the mechanic, you know, and that sort of thing. So um, it shouldn't happen. It does. I suggest a business train on it and how to deal with that because that can go awry. I had a, a gal working for me, sweetheart of a gal you know, who is mom and she was working and, and she's getting ready to deliver uh, baby number six and she wanted to work. So we provided a daycare and many of our customers, I would say some of our newer clients were like, okay, uh, can I talk to someone that can help me? And she was able to stand on her own respectfully And so the good news there is I think the consumer, both male and female, but in this case, the males, understand the world we're designing in this automotive industry. Maybe not so much five, 10 years ago, but I think your skill set as a woman will always take care of itself. I think you might be overestimating where we are and where people understand the design. I'm sure that the panel will have some things on there. Gilda, what's a question? Ask Frank a question you get that you're like, Really? So, Frank, I get it, but um, can I talk to somebody that makes the decisions around your place? 
Yeah, you make the decision. <laughs> I mean, that's as simple as that. You, as the client of your vehicle, make the decision. We're just navigating. And so I think, uh, you Frank, know, if, if you're really not confident will, on the I really, decision. I really need to talk to somebody that can make the decision, that, that, that can make the decision on this business. So that's not you, apparently. So I need to talk to a man that can make the decision. I would refer you to our service advisor. I mean, we could go on and on, and I, I got to respect what you're saying. Um, you know, Gilda, it is a reality. Some people are are going to come at you that way. But the fact is, I still believe respectfully, if it isn't on your own, within the training of your company, as a woman, you got a teammate up, and better yet, teammate up to the point where we're not throwing the lady under the bus by saying, okay, I'll take over. So it's a very good question. There's no exact answer. I will say this. I am sure all of you do this. I remark everything about a client that comes in. I want to know about the nuances. And this is certainly going to be one that's documented. Do I want to do business with somebody like that? Gilda, that's the question. That's a, that's a, that's a reality. You can design your business as a lady. There's no reason why, if, 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 if you're the gal that owns the business, that you can't make that choice and, and be respectful about it. One thing's for sure, all, everyone on the panel definitely can hold their own uh, to when, when people say those kind of things. Well, here's one that I get. And so, so, Frank, do you think you being there will make all the women's husbands jealous? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it depends. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's a good question. I've had those scenarios in the past. And I think I think an easy way to handle that, and I I have I have an example that I totally was unprepared for, but the easiest way to handle that is to celebrate with your tribe together. Oh outside yeah. Of business. You know, I mean but yeah, you get you get you, you get uh, somebody new coming in, and you know we you, you don't know certain people are more uh, in a position of being envious or jealous. These are realities. Like this stuff's never going to go away in that respect. This particular question, for but sure. I think you you can game on by celebrating with your tribe the way they want to celebrate, and just having that unity regardless. And and I have a story to share. On that front, because we we kind of we kind of weren't prepared. I had a great mechanic. His name was Mike. He was a rock star. He was good at what he did. We trusted him. He was a producer. Got along with everybody. And so his first time with us going out to celebrate, he was Michaela, and the dude was gorgeous. <laughs> we were not prepared for that. And so thankfully, my crew was able to to embrace it. I still ask myself why I didn't have more problems, but I had to have a, a sit down the following day because that evening, if things were accepted, that's one thing, but what's, what's going to happen with the nudging in the back shop that happens as a part of release. What do we do? Some of the nudging that we do is not acceptable, but you know, what happens. So I had to make sure that everybody was okay by the way of what their comments would be. That's a reality. And everybody was cool. I didn't have to write a 100-page uh, policy and procedure on it. 
Well, that's good news. There shouldn't be a need for the 100 page. So, so Chris, let's talk about magazine. Well, Kim, if you have multi-store, okay? <laughs> I, had, me, I had three stores. And, and so now you've got to develop your pattern of expectation. And, you know, Chris, I'm going to defer to you because this, this is, shouldn't be all about me. But, Chris, if you were to open up two or three more stores, you'd have to have some depth and some brevity about some of the anticipated situations and how we handle those. Hmm. Chris, let's talk magazine articles. This is one of Chris's I hot buttons. I from Chris. Chris's hot buttons. Magazine, magazine covers, Chris. So the problem isn't the individual shop owner, although in some cases that may be the problem. The problem is the industry. I have a stack of magazines in my office that I have been saving for like two years, and it's all of them. It's Shop Owner, it's Ratchet and Wrench, it's Service Magazines, it's Catalogs. And on the cover of virtually every one of those, the technician or shop owner that's featured is a white man with a beard. Now, Frank, I see you don't have a beard, so you're not going to make the cover. But um, well, let me say <laughs> something. No, no, Chris, you're, you're right. You, but wait a minute. Yeah. So there's always a white man with a beard. Sometimes he's got his wife with him. Sometimes he's got some other people in his crew. Shop owner is always a white man with a beard. Last month's Ratchet and Wrench came out with a trans man on the cover. Now, that seems progressive, right? But it was still a white man with a beard. We do not recruit appropriately as an industry. We don't recruit women. We don't recruit people of color. We do not look like the demographics of our cities, our communities, and our staffs. And that's the problem. I, I, I just have to laugh. <laughs> when Chris was like, finally got a trans person on the cover, but they were white with a beard. White man with a beard. How, how does this happen? Couldn't they? Wasn't there any other representation of this? I, I think I think Chris, you make a good point, and I think I think that in general, not just within our industry. I mean, there are other industries that that do it better by way of uh, promoting inclusivity. And I can tell you, number one, you're not watching Wrench Nation because we promote it all the time. <laughs> uh, and number two. What do we do? That was good. That was smooth, Frank. I mean, what do we do? So, Chris, you're a leader in this industry, and you, you, I got to unpack what you said because it's critical. We're not the face of our community. Let's explore that more. If I had a shop in the South Bronx, most of my mechanics would be Puerto Rican. If I had a shop in Los Angeles like Gilda, there's a good chance that I got some Mexican brothers and sisters working for me. If I'm in the Midwest and my, 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 where's your shop, Chris? Again, Chris, where's your shop? Sorry. The white a- man with the beard. <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. Are where's you your shop? Okay. So is it your decision to observe it this way or are you hiring? I know you've got an all female shop, correct? I do. Okay. Patrice Banks out in uh, Philadelphia. Of course, our good friend Bogey, all-girl gang garage, half TV, half gang garage. Those are decisions made to lead the way. And, and, And part of what we see statistically 
is that we all know we need mentors, but we may not have the right mentors. So the young ladies may not be having the ladies mentor them. That's a big deal. I've had to reflect on that because I've had a lot of young women who were mentoring, whether they stay or not, they're youngsters coming up in the business. I've had to look at that. Am I able to, as a white man with this young black woman, able to launch them and, and resound with them? Well, yeah, but that's the end of the process. The beginning of the process. Well, is I think the conversation we not... where we want to go should start. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, um, I also teach automotive tech at the local community college. And the vast majority, and I've taught there for almost 20 years, and the majority of my students are what you would consider traditional automotive students. They're white men, many of them coming out of the military, uh, a few right out of high school. Uh, we've seen a little bit more racial diversity in the last couple of years. There's still no women in the classes. We are not recruiting women, and you can't start in high school. Because women in high school, young women in high school, are already, oh, I can't do that. You know, they've bought the... the no, let's speak on it. Let, yeah, let's speak on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I just yesterday signed up with the Girl Scouts in Columbus. I'm going to do a whole series of workshops for Girl Scouts, which I've done before. But this one is a whole partnership, starting with eight and nine-year-olds. That's where you make a difference. That's, you know, I put an air impact in the hand of a nine-year-old Girl Scout, and it changes her life. By the time they're in high school... Well, to correct you, Chris, Boy Scouts recruit girls now, so you can hit well, the Boy Scouts, right. too. Right. But my partnership is with the Girl Scouts, so I've never been approached by the Boy Scouts to do it. But I do it regularly. And why not? Scouts. I don't know. Yeah, we've had... Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts with the automotive right. maintenance badge and so on. I had this I had this conversation because I'm I'm following you on your point. If we take the young girl between the ages of let's say seven to eleven, I had Julie Landauer on the show uh, via Tech Force Foundation, Jennifer Maher, and, and the great things that they're doing. And I wanted to dissect why is it this phenomenon exists regarding Young girls that lose interest as engineers in, 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 in skilled trades by the time they become teenager. That's something that's out there. So, like, if mm -hmm. we're going to examine what, like, where we want to drive and, and end up in, and we can only do something so much on our, on our own ends, and we're trying to influence others. We're not just trying to influence the people in front of us that we're teaching how to pick up a, uh, an air gun or ratchet and so on. But it would be important for us to have that conversation to find out why. Now, could we cough that up to peer pressure? The, the culture of boys, how we, how we raise our young men to look at how they treat ladies? You just made Chris's heart like, <sighs> he's Well, I want to open it. this he's up. I didn't show up here to Kumbaya. I want to talk to Chris and the rest of the, I mean, how many of us actually look at why women, young, young teenage girls, I have a daughter, she's brilliant math. The kid's amazing. She's college level math at, at age 13. And she's interesting, interested in engineering. I take her, I mean, I'm not an engineer. I take her to the shop. We weld, we do what we can, you know, we do what we do. But 
Why is this? And what can we do about that? I think there is are it, two. Is it the schools? Is well, the, you know, go ahead, Denise. Yeah, let's talk about schools. Yeah. Denise, why don't yeah. you share what, what your daughter does for a living just quickly? My, my daughter is a, a wheel and axle machinist for, um, for New Jersey Transit, which is uh, passenger trains. And she's the only woman. Uh, the first woman to do it, and she's the first woman welder for New Jersey Transit. So, yeah, and she, you know, she gets a lot of the same kind of questions, you know, aren't you afraid you're going to get dirty, you know, those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, so she, you know, but I, I believe that in school, these young girls are taught to be more, I think the clicks and the and the peer pressure is, you know, making them, they they have to be, involved in the makeup and the, um, you know, the dating, the boys and everything else. So where they, if they want to, and, and, and I don't know if the, if the schools are, are pushing them to just go to college and not to, well, I, I, I think well in California, all the trade uh, programs are off the sites of the school. They're in offsite secondary schools that they can go, you know, after school or like a couple periods. So, um, I, as, as a woman um, in high school, I took automotive class. So it was available back then. It's not, right. it's not available um, on every day right. on the campus anymore in California. I don't know about the other states, but. Same in New Jersey. We, we, we have to. We lost that many, many, yeah. many years ago. Yeah, they have to go to a separate school if they're interested in doing any trades. And the school is so small that there's there's a waiting list to get in. So, um, you know, so our, our regional high school is all about sending the kids to college. And that's all they care about. They don't even care about the military. They they just kind of let them slip through the cracks. They don't well, you know, celebrate I think, them anymore. I think the school systems are for your college, for your universities, for, for your programs. They're, they're forgetting about the community college, which has this kind of programs in it. Or, or even skipping the the trade school altogether. And some know? of the JUCOs have wonderful programs, and at a fraction of the cost. That um, it, it might change now with the pandemic. You know, they saw how essential we all are, all essential workers, which we are one. I think that may have changed. That might change a little bit, but I think the the education uh, educational department has really cut that part out of everybody's thinking, you know, the, the, the trade school. I think, and I think that the other piece of, and, you know, it's part the industry, it's part the educational system. We are truly a STEM field and they're all about STEM and computers. And that's what we do. I mean, what's the average car now? Got 15 onboard computers. You get into a luxury car, high-performance car, 2025 computers. We need the brightest and the best, the computer geeks, the STEM kids. And they're, in general, still shunting, oh, you're not college material, off into the trade schools. And, you know, there's a, there's a fatal flaw somewhere. And I don't know, is it, maybe it's both. Maybe it's partially the industry and it's partially the schools. But it's huge. I mean, when I talk to young women, you know, teenagers, about this being a STEM field, they're like, what? I mean, that stereotype of the, you know, backyard grease monkey is still alive and well. And they don't think of it as a STEM field. Um, and so, you know, that. No, they, they push this. this- the STEM fields is more like science based. Have you noticed that? Like they're 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 
they, there's nothing to do with uh, automotive in, in the STEM information. So, uh, With all due respect, let's not forget the A, it's STEAM, and we need to include the arts in there, right? That That's a part of evolving. I mean, traditionally a STEM, but it is STEAM. By design, I have for the last seven years, and I can do the show from anywhere, we're synchronized with the East Valley Institute of Technology, which is world-ranked. It, it, it's nationally ranked. And one of the reasons why we do our show from the EVIT campus is so we can, I can highlight instructors, I can highlight the students, but really I'm going after the jugular with these parents that are stuck in time. And what are we going to say? We say industry. How many of us actually go down and spend time with an instructor for free? There's no catch. It's just because this is what needs to be done on all levels. The shortage of technicians we know exists. It's not a it's not a play for the next year. With 77 million baby boomers retiring, this is with us. And I feel because of that, we are going to see more opportunity for women in this industry. And I will add something else to that. Okay? Technology. You mentioned modules, 100 million lines of code. Okay? On an F-150, that's that's serious business. Part of where we're going, and we may not see it in the next 10 years, but those folks that are working on the electrification side, our roles will change completely. And the mechanic, I, I, I get hate on it, but it's reality just to get folks to think on a future. The mechanic is going away. You know, we're going to have to be designed differently by the way we have our skill sets. Now, a lot of folks will say, well, 10 years from now, I, I'm not going to be around. It's not going to infect me. But I think there will be opportunity because guess what? Ladies, attention to detail. Who gets it better? That should be a question, Kim. Do the ladies or the men get it better regarding attention to detail? You know how I'm going to answer that. So. <laughs> I mean, Chris, am I making sense? You are making sense. Uh, and I was just being flippant saying, and we have smaller hands. But um, I think that's all very good. High five. <laughs> oh, we got to have a drink together, Chris. <laughs> I look at some of, my, some of my students and these guys have got, I'm like, honey, you better go work on big trucks because you're not getting that hand inside a Toyota. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's true. It's it's all of those things. And it's, you know, going back to, Frank, what you were talking about, about sort of societal expectations. This is a career for anybody, young man or young woman, who wants to get a good paying job without taking on tens or hundreds of thousands of student loan debt. There is a, a piece of this, that, of this that is about access to economic equity. And... I think, again, let's go back to the schools or society or whatever you want to call it. Young men get that message. Young women don't. They are uh, sort of one track into college and you got to, you know, go be a, a nurse or a teacher or some of the one sort of traditional female job role if you want to make a living. And then, you know, you come out of nursing you know, school. You know, just, you, you just mentioned nursing that. right now and there's a lot more males entering the nursing field. And I cannot tell you the comments I hear about if a male becomes a nurse and it's like all of it, like we have to stop with 
all of this nonsense because every industry needs freaking people. So you better stop looking at, well, are they this or that or whatever, and open your doors and try to encourage everyone, what, come one, come all, because there's not enough people to be out there working, let alone looking at that and, and looking at these roles. And, it, and it's hard when you're doing the best you can, trying to design your life, Frank, as you say, and, and you're working as hard as you can be, and you're trying to be a good mem- a mentor and a good example and whatever, and you get bogged down with the nonsense of the stupid questions about, oh, you know, how do you dress when you're at, you know, like all of these things, it's nonsense. And it's just like, I don't have time for that answer these stupid questions. I don't have time. Just, you know, I and, and it's just, it's it's crazy. And, and it's like, why do we do that? Why, you know? A male nurse, it's like it, you'd think it was this crazy thing. And it's, it goes back to nurses are women, doctors are men, and yada, 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 right? So, holy right. cow. And so, you know, stopping that language is key, Kim. You don't say male nurse. You say, he's a nurse. Exactly. She's a technician. Exactly. You don't say, I mean, yes, I'm a woman and I'm a technician, but those two things are not directly connected. You know, you might be able to say, uh, uh, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> Not even going to go there. But you know, <laughs> but but uh, it, but yeah, it's true, it. right? Because the more the more we're trying to become a melting potter, the more everybody's trying to be accepted for just being who you are. The more we're having separations. There's so many chamber of commerces with every ethnicity and gender, and ge- it's like I just you know, and and. Uh, Every female doesn't speak for me. Every male doesn't speak for me. I I speak for me. And, you know, that's all anybody's asking for, right? And not to have that all the time. I don't want to be singled out that I'm a female in the automotive industry or that I'm a female, you know, business owner or whatever. I just, I want to be a business owner. I can't speak for Gilda or Chris or Denise, how they want to be spoken about. But, but for me, that's, I just want to be a a business person. I want to be somebody that knows their shit in the automotive industry and that's it. Right. You know, you make good points, but the science is real. And I'd like to know your thoughts regarding the brain studies regarding male to male teams and male to female teams. There's serious science on that. Now, I'm not saying I'm an advocate. I'll take anybody, anywhere, anytime, and turn them into a rock star. But the science says there's some real regarding how male-to-male situations regarding team work regarding male-to-female. Chris, Could let- these be nuances, Chris, that's happening in our micro? I can't speak to macro. I mean, the largest team I've had was 42 employees. But anything above and beyond that, I know corporate America has a whole different approach. They have to because they're dealing with scale. But in our micro levels of three to five, five to seven uh, teams, nine to 11 teams, how many of us dove into the science of teams? Well, that's an interesting question, Frank. And I also think it's interesting that you said male, male teams and male, female teams, and you didn't say female, female teams, because I have an all-female team. That's the only study. Yeah, no, I I I didn't say it. Yeah, no. This is a study. I did not look at any study regarding female to female. And I will send you the link, Kim, so we can post this up. We sure can. This isn't coming out of my mouth. But the only study that I saw, I'm sure there's female to female out there. 
And certainly this isn't something that I'm encouraging or discouraging for that matter. I'm just stating a fact regarding team settings and the behavioral science behind male to male and male to female. And why isn't behavioral science looking at female to female? I'm not blaming you, Frank. I'm just saying. The, oh, no, you know, I think, I think it's out there. The... Uh, uh, let me be clear. Yeah, I think it's out there. I just happen to look at male to female. And but it's it's not out there. But it's not out there in in the way that the male that they're studying male to male, male to female. Like I just watched something the other day, and I don't mean to get in the weeds, but there was certain medical testing for things that I just didn't realize till 1980s was not allowed to be performed on women because if they were in childbearing years. So there's there is there is medical and scientific information that we don't know because. Somebody decided not to, but, but, and we can have a ton of, um, cause now I'm getting like fire, but we, we got to figure out and, and, and all of us certainly are smart enough to, to say like, how do we stop this, this crap? Right. And, and, and the roles too, like everybody on here is involved in the automotive industry for different, different reasons and got into it. And I think that's a piece too, that not everybody, you know, especially when I was young, people, where's your dad? Where's your husband? Oh, this must be your business, right? Some people come into it because their husband's doing a crappy job running the business or not very successful. And they come in and they take the reins and they make it better. Some people just start their own automotive business because that's what they want to do. Others, you know, come into the business doing something else and see that they have a knack for it. And so there's a place for everybody and every reason. And that's the other thing too. I think we don't look at everybody and every, since we're talking about women come into it for, for a different reason and that's okay. And it's their reason. And, and it shouldn't have to be explained, which I know you don't require that Frank and, and you're, and that's why I wanted you on today because you can have conversations like this and, and understand. It's just, how do we, no one micro picks, I just right? think, I, I think Chris, and everyone, and those watching this, how, how much more are we going to continue? The industry did this. The industry is responsible for the shit environment that all mechanics work in and the poor pay. There are those of us that are making change. And it's not just in our backyard. Like, we're passionate about the macro level of how we can influence other folks to influence their tribe. And I just don't buy the whole, it's an industry thing. We got to look at facts and we got to look at those facts because the more educated we can get, like this is a study. I didn't, I didn't read a hundred pages of this study. I glanced through it and I'm actually going to discuss it in the future because I almost beg to differ, but I got to be careful because emotion and logic can be a heck of a thing to try to make a rational decision on. And so I brought it up for a reason because there are studies, recent, not studies from the 60s and 70s, this, the, the old school archaic studies, like recent studies that corporate America looks at and, and defines, like, how can we get better here? Why is it? Why does it exist? And how can we overcome that? So um, I, I wanted to just bring up, Kim, and, and you guys can spit out more questions here, but... Um, the, the mentoring uh, concern is huge. Like, I worry for my camp 
I may not be the greatest mentor for a young lady. You might not be the greatest mentor for anyone. I mean, that's, we have, and I don't mean you personally, I mean, but we got to. I'm speaking figuratively here. Like I, I know what my capabilities are and my shortcomings, and I'm first to admit that. But what I'm saying is like, are we missing the boat because of a very key, key ingredient of to which is, why aren't we hiring the right people to sort of translate where we want to go? So Gilda, for, for coming, and so that's a great question that I think you kind of asked but didn't. Gilda, do you, if, if you were looking forward to train a young female technician in your shop, do, would you have a preference of being a female that you think a, a female mentor would be better to train them or a male or do you would not care? I just think it's the the skill and quality of the mentor. It doesn't have to be a female or a male. It's, it's the best person that's that's on your team that can mentor. But if you have Generation Z, I hate I hate Generation stuff. By the way, this is Madison Avenue shtick, but there is some there's some merit to a boomer and a Zer, and what are the differences? Like we have oh, to understand that. Oh, there's a lot. That. There there's but a lot. There is, but I, I don't fall into that trap because at the end of the day, I believe people want the people like we got to figure that out. We're in the service business. We can get too high level and, and, and lose that. But back to what I was saying, Gilda, what do you do? You've got your rock star boomer who's retiring in a year. And part of the exit is he or she now needs to bring up Azir. Now you believe in him. You believe in her or him either way, but the reality is the science says you're risking the full potential by not identifying who truly can meet up with that. Can I use culture and class of generation? Because, you know, culture has a lot to do with everything as well, guys. We can't forget. Does China have the same problem? <laughs> does Italy have the same problem? Does uh, Sweden have the same problem? Uh, does it in New Jersey look different than it does here in Phoenix or out in L.A.? Is it different from Ohio? Like these L.A. Are is different than everywhere. So we can't, count. We, we can't we can't count. We can't count L.A. I have a question, though. But would you would you actually mentor a, 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 a girl tech different than a boy tech? I mean, what what is the I'm difference? a unicorn. I don't count. I can't teach this stuff. I love on everybody and I bring out the best in people. I can't figure out how to make a book out of it. I can tell you that I've had every scenario of mentorship in my garage and I don't want to go on and on. OK, but my point is, as an industry, we're making mistakes and now we're seeing this topic come out about the importance of aligning the right mentorship. You know, um, Chris, if I came in your garage as a young Frank, hungry as can be, and I really wanted to work for you, would you consider that? Would I be the best to align for Frank? Frank grew up in Harlem in New York City with different cultural stimuli, but he's hungry and he looks like he could be a good employee. That's the question, because then we miss opportunity if we're not able to align that. Well, I think you're right. And I think, I mean, I've had men work for me in the past, and I can't say I won't again, because you never know. But there, you know, you were talking about that study. And I would submit that my crew is tighter. And while 
you as young Frank might be, you know, the potential to be a rock star technician, you have to fit into the team and the shop environment. And so that's the question. Not your skills, not your, are you hungry? Not, are you a nice guy? I mean, those are pieces of it. But there's also a piece of, well, how are you going to mesh? So now I've got to say this, and we should bring this up. I feel discriminated. Well, I've been discriminated against my whole life, so. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. But this is a tough conversation because yeah. uh, the facts are the facts that way. And, and, and we're all entitled to, again, design our lives, our tribes. And I so respect that. And, and again, I'm going to play devil's advocate because the conversation is out there. How do we handle that? I'm just a talent. I, you know, I, I, I'm just a talent. I may not, you know, I, I'm the minority. We're speaking minority here. When I grew up in Harlem and I was the only white kid on the block, do you think every day, every day I had to think about I'm the only white kid on the block? No. You become a part of your environment. Yep. And my point is we should keep open doors, but we really need open hearts. You want to talk about an industry? How about open hearts? When we can be the measure of our hearts, that's a tough go. That's a tough go, especially when we get into the higher echelons of the political and social ladders and all the garbage and noise out there. I think at the end of the day, we want to provide great livings for our families and make people better, period. And I don't disagree with the fact that we need more diversity. I did a whole show with Tammy, uh, Tammy and uh, Jill Trotta, uh, Tecklenburg, and it was hard for me to swallow because I'm a, I'm a white male and I was trained to think a certain way and I don't know any better. For me personally, that was hard swallow because I never looked at life that way, that I, that I was sort of groomed in a certain way. Now, I'm a unicorn. Not many of done the asinine things that I've done and seen some of the things and we all have our story, but there is a huge element of the industry and the white male. They can't relate to that. Does it mean they're bad? Does it mean that, you know, they're, they're just trying to carve out their existence. We're not talking about designing a life. They're just carving out an existence. So how do we change that? I don't know that we can on scale other than the facts to metrics. 77 million baby boomers are, are going. This shortage is permanent for a long time. So we will have opportunity uh, to, to take in uh, a much more diverse. So it isn't just a white male that becomes a mechanic. Well, that would be wonderful. Well, as my grandmother would say, Frank, from your lips to God's ears, because, you know, really, I don't know the <laughs> latest statistic, but the last time I looked, like 4%, less than 4% of working technicians are women. But we're more than 50% It's going up. It's not enough. I agree with you. I agree with so, you. All right. Uh, who's other, yeah. Whose grandmothers all said that from your mouth to God's ears? Who? I, I have to say, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that so many times growing up. So, Chris... Thank you for that that little quick memory thing. Absolutely. I think, I think we really need to educate the parents 
that's where it starts. You know, when they can, when they can feel comfortable with with sending their you know their their daughters to school to learn automotive repair, then I think then 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 there'll be a change. The problem is parents aren't comfortable sending their their sons for automotive right? right for repair because that's a blue collar thing. And I talked about it a few weeks ago on on here. The let me tell you when Hurricane Ian hit. No one cared anything about anybody if you were not, didn't have a trade and you couldn't fix the roof or get the electric on or, you know, get the water going or anything else. And and that's, you know, a much bigger topic even is how do we get people to stop looking at it, consider it as a STEM field because it's not. So, holy cow, trying to get them to be okay with their daughters <laughs> Send their sons, Gilda. I think we need to educate the public because we're all considered just grease monkeys. You know, you know, yeah, we're business owners, but you know, you don't make a lot of money. You know, I mean, my husband hangs out with his Boy Scout dads. One's an attorney, one's a professor at college, one is a dentist, uh, one is a programmer, and there's my husband. Okay. They all come from different professions. And when my husband's talking about, oh, yeah, I have to hire a new, you know, I hired a new service writer. Like, well, how much do you pay your service writer? And they, their mouth dropped on how much we're paying our service writer. Like, you mean you're paying a, a six-figure uh, salary? And we're like, yeah, and bonuses. And, and, and so they still think that we should be charging $89 an hour. that's another whole show and it's (laughs) we're we're moving up to to maybe there's people out there but you know moving up to almost two hundred dollars an hour on 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 work that's our going rate what is a doctor when you go to a doctor or attorney they're 250 an hour so we we should be considered in that same level but we're not thought of that and why wouldn't anybody want to send their kid to be a a, a, a mechanic or their daughter mechanic because they don't they still don't see that there is a potential that if you become an a tech you can you can make six figures you know they still think they're only making minimum wage and that's I think that's the whole problem because I have my service writer is a teacher at UTI and he basically the kids that he's getting are the kids that didn't go to college that their parents are forcing them to go do something and they just sit in the classroom because knowing that it's going to be paid by mommy and daddy, and they don't care if they get an A or B. So those are the kind of technicians that we're getting are the kids that didn't make it to a four-year, didn't make it to a two-year. So I think we have to change the mentality of everybody on what our field is. We're not just grease monkeys. You know, we're smart. We, I mean... There are some technicians out there that are so smart that you're just like, oh, my God, how did you figure that out? So it's educating the whole public, not just the parents, you know, of these kids that want to become or should become mechanics or want to become mechanics. Well, holy it's- cow, we have a lot of work to do, don't we? We have a, <laughs> we have I, a lot I, of work everywhere. I think the other thing I'm tired of hearing about is is um, it, it's it's well received by the way of great points but I don't think it's getting us anywhere. We can't fix education, but we can fix a community. So here we are, here we are, we're in the service business, we do it really well, we provide Disneyland experiences, 
But who are we if we don't do anything in our communities? I've been fortunate to work with ex-NFL folks, and they taught me that. I'm over here trying to get to the parents, and I will continue getting to the parents. But when you look at divorce rates and you look at dysfunctions, am I going to get the kid that's a trajectory? His dad is doc and his dad is, is an attorney. I don't want those kids. I want the inner city kids that need a chance. And there are programs across the country. Let's not fix education. Let's fix our community. And out of that, most of us here, all of us here, we can take that on. Some of you may be saying, well, I don't want to fix what's really broken. I'm not a psychologist. But that's what we're dealing with. We work think, in the automotive industry. We are psychiatrists all day, Frank. You know I'm that. I'm being kind. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. But what I'm saying is that like, we can revert back to certain ways. We all know. I see it firsthand. At a high school level, at all these trade tech high school level, these kids are so here's one more shot. Let's, t- let's send you over to the trade school. I mean, that's a dilemma. I cannot believe how quickly this this went. And so we're going to have to start closing out anyway. So, Denise, final words for our viewers today. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Boy, you put me on the spot. <laughs> well, get involved. Um, you know, if you have a skill, share it with a young person. Um, join an advisory board at your at your local tech school and, your, you know, get just get involved and uh, share your knowledge. Thank you. Chris? Oh, boy. So never underestimate women. And it happens all the time. Love it. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Boy, the questions that we get sound even sillier when you're asking a man them, don't they? When you're, when you're, when you're. <laughs> I was going to ask if I could speak to his wife. But. Yeah. Oh, that, you know what? You should have. His wife's fantastic, by the way. Gilda. <laughs> Final words for our, our, our listeners today. Just keep being who you are and, and don't make people f- make you feel any different or knowing any less and keep strong, I guess. I don't know. It's just- I, you said it perfectly. And so I, I think, you know, more than ever, I, I'm so proud of all of you and all of the things that you do for your community and the wonderful example that you set and for saying, staying true to who you are, because sometimes it's very difficult and it is hard to not make concessions to kind of start fitting in to something that, that is not who you are, or what you want to be. And so we just, we have to remember that. And, and I hope anybody listening, we had a little fun asking Frank questions, but honestly, some of those things are just so silly. We ask. So before you ask a question of someone in a role that you maybe don't feel is conventional, think about the dumb question that's about to roll out of your mouth and and uh, go home, write it down. And if it's still bothering you or you still need to know, come back and ask the next day. Right. I mean, goodness grace. It just reminded me, my talked about grandmothers before, Chris, manners. I mean, just manners. It, even if you just went, didn't care about anything else but manners, some of the questions that people ask are ridiculous. So I, I thank you all for the bottom of my heart. Chris, the other, the other piece to that, Kim, is if you're going to ask the question after you write it down and think about it, Listen to the answer. Good point. Good point. Good point. Well, I hope Frank's okay. I think his his uh, internet went out, but wow, that went so quick. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart for, for being here. And just I'm in awe of all of you. 
And Frank, we just were signing off, so we'll give you the we'll give you the final words. Yeah, first off, it's it's an honor to meet you guys. Uh, let's connect further, and um, you do what you do. Every day is a new day. That's all you can do in this life. And you know, we're always going to have challenges. Not that these ridiculous situations with with women and minorities in our industry exist. We need to make change there. So. Uh, I'd love to connect with you guys offline and Kim, keep doing great things. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us. And thank you for being such an advocate for everyone everywhere, not just our industry. And I couldn't be more proud of everybody on here and, and what they do to, to give back and to keep, to keep it going and moving forward. So that's it for me today. I will be back next week. And in the meantime, everybody stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.